Well, hello, gorgeous. We are back at it again. Give them Lala with Randall. Dude, exciting things today. Well, first of all, it is a season finale of Vanderpump Has Happened. Yes. It's over. Let's just take a minute and celebrate that you just rocked 20 episodes of Vanderpump Rules. Yes! Okay, now I'm going to interview you for a second. Okay. How do you feel about your season? I feel absolutely epic. You do? Yeah, because like, you know, here's the thing. And I'm going to really make this short and sweet. You got the hands up, so I'm definitely think it's going to be We're flailing. We're flailing. It's going to be intense. For me, Vanderpump Rules is very much real life, correct? That's our real lives. Correct. However, the show is one hour long. It is a produced show. So for me, when I have my freakouts or my meltdowns or I have a really great scene, like however I feel about it, I disconnect because I'm like, if I take this home with me, I'll crawl into a hole. No, if you, first of all, we'll back up. Years before when we first started dating, you did take this shit home with you and it was World War III. Right. What I'm most proud of is that it, it really is your real life and it kind of all blends together. But I think that when you have tough scenes where it gets like a little tough for you, yeah. I think you're able to disconnect now. And well, you have to. Yeah. And when I watch it, when I have to like relive it, I sit there and I'm like, fuck, this is entertaining. <laughs> you know, like, wow, look at me go. I feel the same and way. And then about I know like- when it's like great and I should probably apologize. But in order for me to maintain like sanity, I have to just look at it and be like, damn, that's so entertaining. Like, we did a great job. You know? That's how you have to look at it. Are you going to freak out? Well, now that Estasi calls me Bravo Liberty, I'm yes. going to say that I just had a season of Vanderpump as well. So I have something to contribute. I, after my first scene coming out of the gate, had to let it go too because I felt that they made me look like I am the only person eating at that dinner when I had a double chicken sandwich. Oh, wow. You're really throwing it back to like episode four. Well, I, only had like, I only had like two episodes the whole season. So I, let me just revel in my one. First yeah. of all, I did order two chicken fucking sandwiches. And second of all, I'll order two more again. And by the way, y'all ate two. Why right. was it only me? Why was it only Randall? Because it's, so, because it's fuck- entertaining. Like that scene, there are memes about it. There's like slow motion of me eating chicken sandwiches. Yeah, which keep in mind, I ordered like five dishes that no, no. night. Wait, I, wait, by the way, you- I went ham. You? When I know production is paying, I'm like, bring them out, bring them out. Give me all the goodness on by the, the way, menu. By the way, you, Jax, and Brittany ordered multiple dishes, and I was a slow motion chicken sandwich eater. It's a bunch of bullshit. I also want to say that the end of the season was very- Yeah, why are you asking me how I feel about it? How do you feel about it? Your first your first time ever appearing on Vanderpump Rules, which I literally told everybody that will never happen. Never. By the way, I told everybody it'll never happen. And not You're only did it happen- You're a manipulator. Absolutely. Yeah, I do reality TV. No one is safe. And you also, <laughs> you also gave me that bullshit when you're like, you know, this is my real life and like we need to show this side. And I said, you know, that's not happening. You said- and then you gave me that look, like give me right now, and and then I folded like a like a like a like a you know just folded folded just. like a envelope, licky lick, throw a stamp <laughs> on it, deliver it to Vanderpump Rules. But I will tell you, I I, I didn't film a lot. Obviously, I, I did. A you little didn't, bit. but it was hardcore. You had a scene with James Kennedy. You're like, not only am I going to film now, I'm 
want to have a scene one-on-one with James Kennedy. No, hold on a second. I, I got trapped. They called me, your little producers. Trapped. Well they're, well, they're big producers, but your big producers called me and they said, will you show up at the at the season finale? And I said, there's no reason for me. I, I'm not relevant to this. I'm just going to stay home, let Lala do her thing. They said, no, no, no. You got to be there for her. It's the last night. We're going to celebrate. It's a big party. So I come. I get wasted. I'm having the time of my life. And and by the way, I bring Emma, Martin Scorsese's partner. So no she deal. and she's a fan girl of the show. So she's going crazy, taking selfies, and we're having the best time. So right. I I think this is easy. They're focused on you guys. I'm over in the corner with Emma drinking. And all of a sudden I get a little tap tap and they say, Randall, will you come over here for a second? We just need to shoot one little thing with you. I was like, oh, this is a goodbye, Randall, or something like that. Or maybe they want me to eat a chicken sandwich again. Long story <laughs> short, long story. Well, I was going to order a chicken sandwich. I thought they'd want a slow motion shot. Right. So they bring me over and there's James. They say, James wants to say something. And I'm like, these fucking people are good. They're they are so good. good. So, but, but having said that, now I'm going to be the serious side. James was sober and he came over to me and he was beyond sincere and very genuine and it was so endearing and he said you know i want to apologize for all the things i said and did it wasn't in my right state it doesn't make it okay i i I, will you you know forgive me and i said dude that is such a big step and a big so big of you to do that of course i am i know my fiance you know and you are very good friends and i want to have the same friendship and the fact that you did this is so honorable and I I forgive You were him. great, Randy. I don't no and I forgive him. And you know what? Since then, he since he's been on our podcast and we text each other here and there and it's like, you know what? He has come so far and you know, life is about forgiveness. You know, we've done we've forgiven each other for shit and uh, we forgive people for doing things to us that maybe, you know, aren't the kindest. And at the end of the day, I, I'm glad I went to that party. I'm glad I went to that final uh, uh taping or filming, whatever you call it. And it was very sweet. And I watched the episode, which I don't watch a lot, you know, and the ending was exciting. It, it was, was like exciting. the music and the exit and Jackson, Lisa going at it. I, wa- I loved it. We broke the fourth wall on Vanderpump rules. Like yeah. Jax goes crazy. And he's talking to Lisa Vanderpump. And he's like, this is my show. And she <laughs> just was like, oh, it's your show. Vanderpump rules. That's my name. Blah, blah. Like it was crazy. It was amazing. Uh, the first finale episode I've ever like gotten teary eyed with. Oh, when you watched it? Yeah, I thought it was really sweet. I I loved it. I loved the music. I loved how each person or each couple kind of or each cast member walked out. Hold on, I it have was- a really fun fact though. So that night, Danica gets into a little scuffle with like this new person that hooked up with Max. Her name's Kara, and Danica shoves Kara, and Danica spills her wine on my outfit, okay? And in the interview process, they wanted me to talk about the outfit because in their mind, it was like some fabulous outfit, okay? I was like, I'm not going to talk about it because that outfit cost me all of like maybe a 100 bucks for the whole thing. So like, we're not talking about it. No big deal, you know? Throw it in the wash. It's all good. Exactly. Like... (laughs) I come, I, I, I'm a pretender. People think I'm a bougie bitch, but hell no. I am scrolling the internet for a good deal. What's happening? Sorry. Wow, Randall. Are you for real? No, I was trying to do something you wouldn't really Pull like. it together. No. Yes. I gotta play this. Hold on, get it to the chorus. It's coming. Turn it to the chorus. 
How do I? It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We're free. Hold on. Wait for it. Here it comes. My favorite part. Ever young put a boom. You know that it's our time. These are the best days of our life. I mean, now I'm a cast member. Your glass is high. This one's for you tonight. Boom. Okay. Dude, it did make me happy. It did make me happy. How what great is, is that? But you know what? We are fucking young, wild, and free, man. Yeah. Well, you know, well, we may on, have birthdays that make us speak older. For one of you. you guys are young, wild, and free. You're young, wild, and free, too. Age is just a number. I don't believe in celebrating a birthday to be like a year older. You're it's right. like, no, we're celebrating this day because without it, I wouldn't exist. I got to tell you, eight years. So you're freaking welcome. You I know? I got to tell you, eight years you were on this show so far. Only five. I've completed but, five but, seasons. But the show, eight years. What an epic run so far. And I know you guys are going to go into your ninth season. So. I get, I gotta give you this episode. I love be that you said you, you know that we're going into our ninth season because we don't know that yet. But put it into the universe. No, I know. Speak it. I know your you ratings know? are good. Not a, if when. When your ratings are good, you're going another season. It was definitely epic, and you know the just the cast when I watch them, some like to blame editing, which is fine. But it's like if we all just looked five star, like we wouldn't be eight seasons in. You know. So just be like, thanks for making a great scene, even though I look like an asshole. Put it out. Mention it all. Mention it all. Oh, you got the hands up again. You are (laughs) fucking fire today. Holy shit. I am. Yesterday you were like in a hole. Today you're like, boom, she's awake. Boom, baby. Bring on the virtual (laughs) reunion. I'm about to slay these hoes. Just kidding. I cried a lot at the reunion. Okay. I cried a lot. I have a question. A lot of apologies. (laughs) I I have a question. What was your favorite moment of Vanderpump this season and your worst moment of Vanderpump this season? Oh, and my. By the way, don't feel like any pressure to say me being on the show, but go ahead. That was definitely a highlight. <laughs> Having you on the show was a highlight because we got to hang out all summer. It was awesome. Which usually we don't get to do that. But I, I think that. But yeah, what else besides me? I'm going to get cheesy again. I think the highlight of this season was just being so clear and aware and waking up and not feeling guilty about anything I had done. You know, being sober, completing a season of reality TV, which can be a nightmare. I completed that shit sober. Which and I give epic. you mad props for that. Thank you, babe. I, I agree with you, and I support that answer. I love it. And Thank what was you. the what was the worst moment? Because uh, I, I don't even know what your worst moment was. So worst, what was the worst moment? You the would say? worst moment was the way I treated Raquel, for sure. Like there are a few things that when I watch, I'm like, don't regret it. That it was like, oh, la, la, <laughs> can someone please muzzle you? <laughs> You know, (laughs) but it is what it is. Like, again, silver lining. People were entertained. They had an opinion, whether it was good or bad. (laughs) People had an opinion. By the way, that's what makes you, in my opinion, why your show is so successful is all of you have this thing that happens and then everybody just, you know, has an opinion because you drive people in what you guys do. Yeah. When people, when people write me crazy DMs, they're like, I can't believe you acted that way. All I send back is, thank you so much for watching, babe. (laughs) I like for real without you wouldn't be eight seasons in just saying, you know? Well, I think the fact that you, I I have never seen you have such conflict, right? Over the years I've been with you where 
that's such conflict and it be resolved in such an amicable and, and quick way. Like normally back in the old days, hence, you know, pre-sober, you would just assassinate the world, continue to assassinate, blow it up three more times and then eventually start repairing. Now I see you. No, what I would do is blow things up. Tornadoes come through (laughs) AK-47s and then I'd look behind me and be like, why is everyone so sad and upset? (laughs) (laughs) But now, but now you handle things so gracefully. I really give you a lot of props. Like you'll, something will happen and then you'll, you'll get home and you'll be like, you know, I feel bad and, and I really, you know, didn't want to do that and, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And then you, and then on your own, like without cameras there, I see you sending texts saying, look, I really don't feel that way. And, I'm sorry that I said something. It's just very well, genuine. Ca- my cast members are not just my cast members. That's my that's my LA family. Like I love them so much, and I know that we're all always going to go toes with each other because we're all very strong personalities. When you go toes, what does it mean exactly? Step up, bitch. Oh, go toes, toe to toe, baby. So if I'm in a meeting at a at a studio talking about a movie and the guy's pissing me off on a deal, can I be like, let's go to toes, bitch? <laughs> I'm just asking. You, you can. Tim. Yeah. Not done that? Tim. Oh. But, <laughs> yeah, right? Tim goes, you have done that. The well, I did it a little differently. The difference is, though, when I say let's go toes, if I know that that person really is a fighter, like, I don't want to do it. I'm oh. a very fast runner. Like, I let's fight oh, with our back, words. You'll back down, you mean? Are you kidding me? Do I look like someone who's going to punch anybody? So just tell me one thing. I am a classy bitch. Whoa, okay. <laughs> just tell me one thing, then. Tell me one thing. What? So in the four years when I've got toes with you, yeah. how come you never back down? Oh, and the drink. The drink is like the, <laughs> like the battery, you know? The the drink is like a battery. The little fucking engine that could. Dun, 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 dun. We're getting up the hill. <laughs> I, I, but, I, but I, you know, it's funny. I talk shit and you're, you are a, a fighter if, if pushed in the wrong direction. But you know what? At the end of the day, you are way more of a lover than a fighter. I way just, more, way more. Of course. I always say like, I hate confrontation, but I'm extremely good at it. You're you professional. Know? Professional. Professional. So I'm excited for our guest today, though, because he, I'm going to be honest, I looked at his resume and was like, am I up for this challenge? Like, he's, you know, graduating from Columbia, and I'm like, have you ever heard of Slick? Like, Salt Lake Community College up in this bitch. I didn't Two years. Oh, shit. Don't be rude. Oh, shit. I attempted. You know, if I would have known this when I met you, I might have diverted in and another then, direction. And then I got all the credits I needed to transfer to the University of Utah. Oh, you and went to the University of Utah? Hardly. Did you go for one day? I went for like a month, and I was like going through from one class okay, to another on. in the snow, and I like literally was like, what am I doing? Can I give you a word of advice? I hate this. I literally went home and was like, Mom, by the way, I'm moving to LA. Can I give you a word of advice? Tell me. From now on, when we lead in about your education, can you just start with the University of Utah and just pretend the community college thing didn't happen. This is who I am, Randall. Oh shit! I got, like, are you crazy? I, Why would I ever? I thought you went to Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I act like it and sound like it? Baby, anyway, I love you. No education. You, All right. Thank so you. So we have Ben Mankowitz, who is the host of Turner Classic Movies Channel, the host of Screen Time segment on CBS Sunday Morning Show. His Grants, he's the his grant. Sorry, his father was press secretary to Senator Bob Kennedy. I mean, this guy is loaded to the gills. Now, I'm going to say something. I don't get impressed that easily. Takes a lot at my old age. Right. This guy is impressive. 
Ethic. Uh, and by the way, this and I want to tell you, Lala, what what really is putting us to the test? This this next guest. This isn't like a movie guy that I can just kind of like sit back and have a cigar, or it's not a cast member of yours that you could just sit back and spill the tea, as you say. This dude, <laughs> this dude is the real shit. The so, real shit. So we're and not gonna, only not yeah. only is he like epic in his family, Randall. You're such a rookie. When Ben gets on the line, you better mute your phone. Okay, for well, real. Can I He's just say? Can I say? Around. But this is what I want to say about this guest. I Tell feel me. like this, like the network threw this guest on us to see are we ready for the next level. Oh Be- no! Yeah, because because are why? We? If we fuck this up. We, we have to go back to what we know and we can never get outside our comfort zone. But if we crush this and I want our I want your fans and my three fans to write in after this episode and tell us, did we handle ourselves in a professional engaging manner or did we flop and we need to go back to what but we both I try know? to make the, the criticism constructive. I don't really respond well to people telling me I suck, you okay. know, well, just give us advice. Like, did we handle ourselves well, did, were, did we ask intriguing questions? Was or were we boring and and dismal? And <laughs> right, yeah. I don't think that's ever going to be a problem. So let's take a short break, and when we get back, we have Ben Mankiewicz. I won't lie, our guest is someone I read your resume, Ben, and I am extremely intimidated. And I don't get intimidated by many things. We have Ben Mankowitz on our podcast today. Yes. I'm freaking ben, out. you're the man. I, I just want to say he is host of the new TCM podcast, The Plot Thickens, about the life and career of one of my favorite, most epic directors, Peter Bogdanovich. This is the coolest thing ever. I just want to know, Ben... How do you even come up with the idea to do that? Because now I want to go do a podcast about every epic director I've ever loved. Right. So can you just tell us like how that even started? Well, many of them, of course, have lives that are worthy of being chronicled. But uh, first of all, Peter and I were, were friends. And uh, I liked Peter the first time I met him. I, I, as I tell the story in the podcast, I think in episode one, I was very nervous when I, when I first met Peter. It was in an event, I think, in two thousand. 12 or 13 in Toronto, where we, in advance of the TCM festival, we uh, did some uh, events around the country. Um, and, uh, and so we, I was in Toronto with Peter, we were going to screen the last picture show. And, and because it's Peter Bogdanovich, the same reason that you admire him, I, yeah. I was nervous. This guy, he is an encyclopedia of classic movies. And I just thought, you know, you know, the way all of us are frequently where you sort of think that you've perpetrated your, any success you've had in life is because you've perpetrated some great fraud. And uh, I thought he'd see right through me, uh, but he, he had a cold, a pretty bad cold, and he was sniffling and drinking hot tea at this bar we met in, in the hotel. And, he, you know, it just humanized him instantly, and he made some joke. And then Sybil Shepard, who he hasn't been linked to romantically since 1979, called him to check on him because she was worried about him traveling with a cold. Wow. And I was like, oh, listen, this guy's, he's still friends with his ex and he's got a cold, just like me. <laughs> like, and that began a, a friendship. And then, so that's a long way of answering your question. Peter did all these wonderful interviews with classic film directors, Hitchcock, John Ford, Orson Welles, Howard Hawks, many others, including dating back to the silent era before he became a director when he was a film writer, a very good one, wrote for Esquire magazine most frequently. Oh, wow. And he compiled them into a wonderful book called Who the Devil Made It? which is a great Howard Hawks line about how when you watch a movie, you should know who the devil made it. Like there should be some signature about the director, which you would be able to, to identify. 
I like and Peter that. had recordings of these interviews, and I thought we should do a podcast. I wanted to do a podcast for years, and, and TCM was interested, but I, I was pushing, I must say, and I <laughs> thought Peter would be a great topic. And we would you know, spend each episode talking about one of these directors and play clips. And then professional storytellers took over, namely our executive producer for this podcast, Angela Carone. And they were like, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Here's what we're going to do <laughs> instead with Peter. Uh, and they just made this whole thing 10,000 times better because Peter's life is a, is a story worth telling, full of success, failure, horrible tragedy, hubris, wow. the normal parts of recovery from a tragedy. Uh, and it turned him into a, a different person. And he is a an interesting guy, incredibly funny, incredibly smart, and I find now incredibly inviting and caring and thoughtful. So it worked out great. And Peter was so open with us and willing to tell his crazy, crazy Hollywood story. Well, wow. it's absolutely fantastic. I, I found myself listening last night. It's very well done. And it's such a safe platform. So people just are feeling comfortable to tell it all. And I thought that it was, you know, the episodes that you have out are very well done. So again, that is The Plot Thickens, and it's <laughs> about the life and career of Peter Bogdanovich. Amazing. And I have a question, because I know that, you know, you come from a background of journalism. I mean, your resume as far as education is incredible. What you've done, you know, in your, your uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Your career when you, you know, started as the reporter and anchor for WCSC-TV in Charleston. Like, when did you realize that news journalism wasn't really what you wanted to do? Well, you know, first of all, I grew up uh, a Jewish kid in Washington, D.C., uh, you know, in sort of a, a middle-class to upper-middle-class upbringing. And you're like, well, I guess I go to law school. <laughs> <You know? Right. laughs> That's what we do. Um, doctor, I, I'm, a, I'm a Jew from Miami. Well, that so was, it's, it's there doctor was no, or, or lawyer. Yeah, the doctor, there was no chance of that. that is, uh, <laughs> I did not. I thought, you know, you can sort of, uh, you know, I, I have these images of me in front of a jury and I'm like, well, I can try to be charming in front of a jury, but you can't like be charming in front of a ruptured spleen. Like I'd actually have to know what I was talking about. So I, I know what I was talking about. But I, I wasn't really into that. And and my, you know, father was in, in politics and and the media and and you know he'd sort of been a pre bit not sort of he was press secretary to Robert Kennedy and okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Ben 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 real quick yeah I I heard that he just, just dropped that just like dropped it was that. nothing ben, ben let me tell you something the fact that your father was a press secretary to Senator Robert Kennedy just explain what that was like for a minute please because that's sure. that's epic epic yeah well first of all you know my my dad uh, he died uh, uh, six. Uh, Five and a half years ago, and uh, he was ninety, and and he led this. He wrote a book called "So As I Was Saying," because everything, my, every story my dad told is like in the middle of a story. Like he would oh. start and expect <laughs> you to. He's like, you got to have to catch up. Like I, didn't. Um, and uh, and so I met, but that helped me tell the Peter story. That helps me in interviews, right? I mean, I uh, and it helped sort of. It helped me, even though I'm talking a lot now. It helped me be a, a really good listener, which is definitely a, a strength that I have when I do these interviews. But the, so he was uh, in the, he was, my dad was the Latin American director of the Peace Corps, first Latin American director of the Peace oh, Corps. Wow. And, he, and he met Senator Kennedy first in a phone call when the Senator was going to come down to Peru and sort of figure out what was wrong with American foreign policy in, in Latin America. And he got this itinerary 
to like, you know, go to the uh, American language school and go to a party at the, you know, at the ambassador's house and tour the embassy. And my dad spoke up and he was like, yeah, look, man, you could do that from Washington. Like, that doesn't matter. You want to meet uh, striking, you know, uh, vegetable pickers, right? And you want to go through the barrios of people living in incredible poverty in Lima. And my dad was like, who's this guy? And said, can I meet you? I'm flying into Panama. Come meet me. And he was going to land in Panama to refuel at like 2.30 in the morning. Oh, so my dad my. went to Panama to meet him. And they met for like three hours. And my and Hannity was like, look, whenever you're done here, come work for me. Um, come on. Uh, yeah. Come so, on. I mean, and, and, I mean, if you knew my dad, you would know that story. Is That makes total sense. He was just, my dad was always always the smartest person in the room. And I wow. don't, other people thought that too. So. He hired him. He was the press secretary in the Senate, and then he ran for president. And then, famously, you can see my father announcing the uh, the senator's death after he was when he was murdered. So I have a question. So growing up with a father who was the press secretary, I mean, did you grow up going to the White House like it was like a regular thing? No, of course. Well, obviously, <laughs> as, we well, as we well know, the uh, no, because as soon as I was of age, uh, Richard Nixon was in the White House. So there was oh. no. Uh, <laughs> My, okay. and my dad very famously was on the White House enemies list, something he was very proud of till the wow till the day he died. He wrote two really good books uh, on Nixon. His first book, which was a bestseller, was called Perfectly Clear. And then after Gerald Ford pardoned Nixon, my father wrote a book about what the prosecution of Nixon would have looked like. Oh my god! Okay, gosh. your my dad's mind a smartest. Is blown. So then with, you know, your dad and what he was doing and his accomplishments, did you ever feel pressure to be on that same path? Did he kind of push that onto you in any way? So my dad was as good a dad as you can get. So he, he never he never pushed anything onto me. He was great. He was supportive. I was a huge sports fan. He was, he, as he was, he was very, you know, I wanted to go into sports. You know, when it became clear I couldn't play, I wanted to be, a, you know, like a baseball broadcaster. That was sort of... But I was shy, and uh, so it was hard for me to sort of do that. But I'd go to ball games and sit up in the you know behind home plate, way up in the top deck, and I'd you know broadcast games into a tape recorder. And, oh, I love this. So, and then my dad was president of National Public Radio too for six years. So journalism was just sort of in my blood. My brother is twelve years older than I am. He's a correspondent for Dateline, NBC, and so my brother sort of taught me how to be on on TV. And how to, you know, how to do all these things. I mean, he, you know, he taught me how to be a reporter, which I was first. And so eventually when I sort of got, when I became less shy, I just sort of thought, well, I'll try and, I'll try and do what my brother does. But, but wow. politics was always super important to me also, because I grew up with, I grew up in DC and I grew up where, in a family where politics, where politics were, were very yeah. prominent and, 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 and they just, they mattered. They weren't like, they weren't a game. They were about the future of country, of the country and, and making people's lives better. Like, that's how it always seemed to me. So I never had this cynical view of politicians. I thought the people who, many of the people who serve most, and I think it's still true, most of the people who serve, they, they get into it because they, uh, they, they want to change people. the world. Yeah, because my dad ran George McGovern's campaign in 1972. And so, you know, Robert Kennedy and George McGovern were these sort oh of like, these were, these were guys who were in it for the right reasons, you know. Wow. It's really amazing to hear all of these things and then, you know, you say, Ben, like, no, there was no pressure. We could do it. You know, like, it's pretty insane. You would think coming from that background that there would be tremendous pressure on you to kind of stay on the same path. I think that's really beautiful. Well, okay. So now you think it won't be beautiful. My dad okay. put no pressure. Spill the tea. Spill the tea. My dad put no pressure on. But, you know, he's the person I admired most. And, you know, boys who 
love their dads and admire their dads. You want to impress be like him. I want to impress him. Yeah. And the way to impress him was to try and be as smart as he is. And, oh. and, and so eventually you just give up. Like, okay, I, he loves me anyway. That's good. But I'm, I can't fight this. I can't do it. So there was enormous pressure. You know, my grandfather yeah. and my great uncle, they, you know, won Oscars for, you know, my grandfather wrote Citizen Kane. and Right. Okay. So wait, Ben. So my, Ben, you know what? But you know, I'm a movie nerd. Obviously, I've, I've right. produced yeah. a lot the of films. So I read, yes. I read this. Just, just take a beat on that. He co-wrote Citizen Kane. Just, uh, come on. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, for me, that would thrust me into like movie anxiety at the highest level. So did you like, what was the takeaway you got? Being around, you know, this family that has epic Oscars and, and you know, writer, Citizen Kane, the greatest movie of all time, period. Did you get anything out of, you know, that that relationship? Yeah, of course. I mean, it, it you know, it, it's weird because my dad was this, uh, you know, mythic uh, figure to me. Uh, but again, it was totally normal dude. I mean, like, right. you know, uh, but my so my grandfather who Herman Mankiewicz who by the way wrote Citizen Kane he didn't co-write it I I know that it says he co-wrote it but he oh he wrote okay, it. okay. Uh, the uh, uh, so uh, the uh, that was a you know source of great controversy the writing credit for that whether it's my grandfather's or Orson Welles we, oh my yeah, we, God. but it's a fun story we know all about much that. about that we deal with that every hour and by the way Pete, Peter's on the other side Bogdanovich so that's a fun conversation for me and Peter to have a good natured conversation oh that's um, great and by the way just real quick doesn't matter it's Orson Welles's movie and nobody should mistake that. 100% his movie. He, he just didn't write it. Right. <laughs> this is great. You know, but like, you know, it's like saying that, you know, I mean, Martin Scorsese didn't write the screenplay for The Irishman, but that's a Martin Scorsese movie and nobody should ever yeah. doubt that for a second. Right. right. So the Hollywood part of the family I knew about, of course, but it didn't mean anything to me. The politics part mattered. I came out to L.A., I think when I was 21, like before my senior year of college and a, a cousin of mine who's also a Mankiewicz, but he doesn't have the same last name. I went to a party with him and uh, I got introduced to the host of the party because he was like, yeah, I brought my cousin. He's out here, you know, Ben Mankiewicz. And the guy put his heels together and bowed and said, Hollywood royalty. And wow. I literally, I just remember thinking is like, you know, Larry Spielberg behind me. Like, what am I, <laughs> like, so you know, funny. so it just was that I was like, oh, like, I mean, of course I knew it. We have, you know, Joe Mankiewicz, one of the great writer directors of all time and Herman's brother, my great uncle. And, and, and other cousins who, you know, my cousin Tom Mankiewicz, you know, wrote three Bond movies. Oh, uh, my God. Superman one and two. Holy and so, shit. But I didn't know that it, like, to the people who love movies, right, that it mattered to them like that. Yeah. Right. And so, and that was nice, of course, you know. But so, right. yeah, there's pressure to make sure you're not the... You're not the one in the family who that, that falters. Know, that falters. Right. It's great. It screws it up. You're the <laughs> right. you're the one who didn't. He didn't get that gene. You know. I I, I, th I think I think hosting uh, the uh, Turner Classic Movies Channel and doing all the different things that you do, you far exceeded all of those you know expectations on you. We're gonna cut to a quick break, Ben, and we're gonna come right back because we have a lot more to talk to you about. We are back, my loves, with Ben Mankiewicz. You're super legendary. I'm just listening to you. My mind is blown. And I'm actually really curious because Randall just said earlier, you know, like he's over here making movies and then he sees, you know, that you come from a line of family that's, I don't know, just writing Citizens Kane. Do you have any interest in ever directing or producing films? 
Um, I have some, you know, I'm not a director and, and I, I'm really appreciative of the, I love artists, man. And I, I, you know, admire what they do. I, I'm not, a, I would never be a director. First of all, I don't, I don't really think visually. I mean, okay. My wife could literally hang a new painting or poster in front of me in my home office. And nine months later, I'll be like, when'd you put that up? She'd oh, be like, it's is- 10 feet from your face. Right. And I put it up <laughs> in 2018. But I, I, I'm I'm not a bad writer and I, you know storyteller. So I mean, if I ever got the courage, it would probably be to write. And you know, producing. I love that producing can mean ten billion things. I have come to meet some producers who are so hands on. I mean, I you know Erwin Winkler, of course, who you know worked on the on the Irishman and uh, but who had produced you know some of the seminal Scorsese movies. Oh yeah, uh, earlier earlier. Uh, I've, I've known I've known Erwin forever. Yeah. I produced. I produced a movie that Erwin directed. That's how we met. What movie was that? Uh, Home of the Brave. Home of the Brave. It was oh, yeah, a sure. Right. while back. But that was how I met Erwin. Yeah. Um, and Erwin is a... So, like, and Erwin, you know, Erwin's not the kind of producer who, you know, just puts up money and then, you know, has his name on the credits. At least he wasn't then. You know, producers who... Who no, he, made, he's he's hands on. He's hands on. Yeah, and, really. and and sort of, and you protect the director from the studio, the Correct. people who have the money. Right, that's a big part of it, and I I, I admire that part too. And that that has always struck me as something that uh, that. I, but I don't do it. I mean, the fact yeah. is, I I don't. I, so I I you know I think we have our answer. I don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I, 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 have a, I have a question. So so now we know how you know TV has become epic and huge. And really gone to another level today. I'm just curious on your take with uh, film versus TV today. You know, how do you feel, and what are your favorite TV shows, if any? Ooh, uh, good that you question, watch? Rand. Uh, I uh, no, I, I I watch a lot of television. I mean, I've been so busy the last uh, few years that I've watched uh, less. But I still manage with a you know young daughter and a, yeah. a fairly busy <laughs> schedule, which I'm grateful for to to get a fair amount of shows in. I. I I love that we're at this sort of, uh, you know, this, what does it be, third golden age for uh, for television. I don't see television and movies uh, competing. I, I just think they're they're all this visual, visual storytelling. And I hope we never lose the theater experience. I, I don't think we will. I think it'll come back. You know, it's going to change and maybe there won't be as many, but you'll still be able to go to a theater. It's still a night out. It's still a social connection. And I think we all realize now how how valuable that is how much we miss it so i think as soon as it's safe it will come back i don't think people will be like oh great i never have to leave my house (laughs) right i think it'll be the opposite but that's okay it's also okay to have movies show up on streaming services that's there's no it's it's all good Uh, but i you know i mean i i have saved i have not watched this season of better call saul i wanted to watch it all at once it became easier during this to do that because nobody was spoiling it for me. I love Better Call Saul. I love The Americans. Uh, I love Succession. Oh, um, Succession. Oh, our favorite oh, show. Yeah, su- our favorite show. Succession's maybe a, a top 10. That's season two of Succession, one of the best seasons of television. It was unbelievable. Incredible. Unbelievable. I, wa- I, I watched Homeland. You know, I, I mean, it had yeah. sort of run its course, but I, I watched it all. I watched, you know, Ray Donovan. Ray, and then, Don- look, Ray Donovan started. and Billions are, are two of my favorite oh, I love, shows. Well, well uh, uh, Dollar Bill on Billions. Oh. Uh, the great. Guy named, it's an actor named Kelly O'Coin. He's one of my best friends. Uh, and a, oh, really? A guy, yeah, and would be a, a great guest uh, for you guys. Uh, he would love. Wait, it. you wait. Not only hold on. Not only will I kiss his ass to have him on this show, <laughs> but tell him that I am a fan. And if he wants to reach out to me through you, I would love sure. when he's off the show to put him in one of my films. He is what a oh, great, great actor. What a yeah. great so actor. I, 
I don't know if you guys watched The Americans, which is, by the way, a show totally worth seeing. It's great. It's you know, no. ran on FX. It's done. It's phenomenal. It's as good as TV can be. And okay. uh, But Kelly played a character there that is so dramatically different than Dollar Bill. So it, it, it buttresses your point. Kelly is a, a really skilled actor. Anyway, I went to high school with him. We were on a basketball team together. Wow. He's one of my closest friends, yes. Yeah, so. Throwback oh my friendship. God. Well, okay, you, well, the, the we Americans, that's him. on the list. I'm, we're going to watch Americans and we have to get them in, in and a movie. Since we're talking about guests that we should have on, I want to know, Ben, who have been some of the favorites of yours that you've interviewed this year? Well, this year, I mean, obviously, Peter, you know, that was 15 hours of interviews, Peter Bogdanovich. Wow. Um, and, you know, interviewing for a podcast where you're trying to get somebody to sort of tell their life story, take you through the highest point you know he was at the top of the world 1970 he was scorsese and coppola and friedkin and mike yep. nichols in the early 70s there was he was as big as any of them and then he had some flops and people didn't like peter he was perceived as arrogant in part because he was arrogant but that's sort of his his <laughs> but his but his arrogance is like it's the right kind of arrogance in that it's his not, genius it's probably his genius right yeah, and he's not putting it on. It's sort of just the way he talks. He doesn't look down on people. He just, he's very smart about the things he knows and he wants to talk about them. And anyway, he was, he and Sybil were so perfect together and on the cover of magazines. Oh, yeah. And so, so his fall was, his fall, Hollywood sort of took glee in his fall. Billy Wilder, the great director, great writer, director, said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it here, but he basically said, that you know, everyone says that uh, that Hollywood is a splintered town. That we're all you know uh, in this for ourselves, and we never look after each other. He goes, "That's nonsense. Uh, we all come together to celebrate a Peter Bogdanovich flop." Oh Aww. my God! So wow. you know that that's sort of what Peter was up against. And then you know, and then his the woman he loved, the woman he was going to marry, was murdered, and and it yep. and he went into a five year depression tailspin lost all his money so wow. that's a challenging interview and a, and a great interview but I, tcm is a four yeah go ahead no i just want to say i i agree with you by, by the way i was just thinking about hollywood it's like they they lift you up they build you up they build yeah. you up they build you up you're the underdog once you get there then they want to see you fall and it's just this weird it's weird thing and yeah you know, i hope that through this pandemic that we're in and I feel like people have really come together and I feel like the world is changing for the best. I mean, I'm an optimist, you know, Ben, so I don't know yeah. if I'm delusional, but I, I do feel that people are really leaning on each other right now more than I've ever seen, you know, versus like a, a, a hurricane or a tornado, you know, maybe they'll come together and then once it's kind of gets better, everybody goes back to their regular lives. This has affected the entire universe all at the same time. And we've never experienced this. So, I'm hoping. Well, the silver lining is, you know, we have to figure out how we can do better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. I'm, I'm, I'm not as I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. <laughs> my, my, we know we started talking about my father. My father's the most optimistic person in the world. So, in a sense, I'm glad he's not uh, living through the last uh, a few years politically because it would really have uh, distressed him. But I hope we come back together. I certainly yeah. do. Hollywood, though, is a there's a and I love Hollywood and I love the people in yeah. it. Yeah, I, mean, I just meet. We do too. I meet, yeah, I like, you know, I had this reputation when I came out to L.A. about, you know, what kind of town it was going to be. And, you know, it's superficial. And that's all uh, horseshit. I mean, it can be. And no, it, it can, can be. Like, it and, can be. And, 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 yeah. yeah. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, yeah, of course, we can have that idea where, you know, where, where people celebrate other people's failures. And there is a slightly weird thing when a friend says, hey, man, they bought my screenplay that you think, 
why didn't they buy my screenplay? You know, for an instant, that that then that's that's sort of unique to LA. But the flip side is, man, I, I would, you know, I'd, I'd play poker and I'd meet some guy. Oh, who hold on, was Ta- super. Yeah, time out. Did ben, you, just you keep say, dropping things like ben, you know, do you understand Senator that, Robert Kennedy, then poker. Like you're do you just know that I am that I am thoughts. a you know I don't know what they call it semi professional poker player. I live for poker. I play on television on a regular basis up until COVID. I am obsessed. If you Google me, you'll see my poker antics. I play in the World Series. I go for the entire month, play all the events. I live for poker. So if you love poker, when I wherever you where, where are you based? He's in LA. You're based I'm here? in LA. Yeah, oh, you're based yeah, here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm when when COVID goes away, I'm going to invite you over to my poker game so we can hang out and play poker. You know, by the way, we have the same birthday. I just want to point that out. Oh, this is getting better by the minute. This is just getting better. We're going to party together next year, <laughs> and we're going to have poker together. This is great. Oh my God. Most of my gambling is uh, sports gambling. I mean, I love gambling. I just, you know, it's part of my That makes two of us, buddy. Life. Two yeah. of us. Yeah. Two of us. <laughs> but, you know, you'd, you'd go and you'd, you'd say, so you'd be I just playing poker with friends, and, and they'd say, some friend, some guy, somebody there would bring a guy. And, you know, I met a couple of incredibly successful uh, writer producers on big shows and uh, comedies. And like the whole night he would, you know, he, the guy would like never say anything remotely funny. He tried and I, and I, and he didn't seem, and I'd be like, how's this possible? And then the next week somebody else would come and it's a bartender, right? And a waiter and a guy working hard to make it. And I would think this is the most talented person I've ever seen in my entire life. Like how, how is this guy not, you know, so I love that and I love meeting creative people. You know, yeah. I, every time I run into somebody, you can make fun of writers at Starbucks, but then you <laughs> have a conversation with them and it's incredibly interesting. Like, I love artists, man. I like being around. I them. do too. I do too. Not only that, I want to say. Well, I everyone say, started somewhere. My guy, hold on. My, my producer, Tim, who's sitting here too. I found him at Starbucks. He was a, uh, a barista then he became an intern. Then he became an assistant. Then he became a junior development executive. And now he's the president of the company. Wow. See? Hollywood. Where right dreams there. come true. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be working at Starbucks one day, filmmaker the next. So Yeah, the t- of course. You touched on how your wife sometimes decorates your office and you don't notice, which I love that. How <laughs> did you meet this epic woman who was just like putting fabulous art in your office? We uh, we met um, at the TCM uh, Film Festival, the first ever TCM Film Festival. Oh, she is my so, God. She, she's a big movie fan. She loves TCM. And she tried to get, she was working in the city. She was in New York and she wanted to get a bunch of her girlfriends to come out with her to the, our first ever film festival. And, you know, they were like, Oh, we don't want to go to a film festival, black and white movies or whatever, dumb <laughs> thing, whatever dumb thing they said. And so she's cool. And she was like, she loves architecture too. So she's like, screw it. I'm going. So she went herself. Wow. And then she was going to take a week, a week afterwards in LA and Palm Springs to tour, to just look at great houses, look at, you know, Frank Lloyd Wright designed houses and, and uh, like she was just to go, she was like, I'll take a 10 day vacation by myself. And we met at the festival. I had a girlfriend at the time and, but we met and then, you know, I broke up with my girlfriend like three months later and I met <laughs> Lee, Lee again then at a TCM event in Atlanta where she was with girlfriends and I was hosting some event uh, and we hung out. And then, you know, over the next like year and a half, she lived uh, out of town. She lived in New York and then moved briefly to St. Louis. Um, and we, you know, she'd come into town a lot and we'd see each other and it's just sort of, and then one, because again, she takes charge. It's like two 
Christmas seasons later, she was like, yeah, I got work to let me come to LA for two months. I'm going to rent a small little house in LA for two months and let's just see how this goes. Wow. And and now we have, you know, uh, dogs and a family and a, and a daughter. How many years have you guys been together since then? So we've been sort of like seeing each other since like 2011 and we got married in 2013. Okay. Now I have one other question. You got yeah. married on a cruise for yeah. the same festival is that or, or explain to me. Well, the, fe- the, the festival is here in L.A., like at those great theaters at the Chinese and the Egyptian sort of in Hollywood. That's where we end the based at the Ho- Roosevelt Hotel. We, of course, had to cancel it this year, but it'll be back, uh, you know, hopefully in uh, 2021. We're working on it. So but uh, that's here. That's where we met. But then we also have a cruise. Um, uh, and so, you know, we were seeing each other and we were on the cruise and we uh, I proposed to her and we thought oh, this will be fun since we met at TCM. Like, let's get married on the cruise and have, you know, Gavin McLeod marry us, you know? And, oh, uh, my God. Uh, oh, wow. And, you know, it wasn't Captain Steubing, but it was... Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, epic. it turns out turns out you get married in the Caribbean on a cruise. It doesn't really count. Right, because like, you have to have Cali- the justice of the peace in the city. Yeah, mostly you have to pay for a marriage license. That's what that's what California exactly. wants. They, so we had exactly. To, we, we came back and got married again, and uh, but the, we count the 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 real date is that one of the the cruise. That's our anniversary. It was fun. Robert Wagner, who was oh, the guest on the cruise, okay. he walked he what? walked my wife down the aisle. Come on, great. I mean, you God. just live. You live honestly. We are definitely playing poker together. You live the coolest life. I I'm dead serious. As soon as this shit's over, we're you're coming to a poker game because I think you and I have a lot more in common. Even though I am not uh, as highly. Uh, educated as you i'm a film school education i definitely can relate to the gambling and and the fun that i think you well, just the stories the alone like i want to come to just hear everything you just about watch your the life yeah i have one last question well, it, i have one last yeah, question um i know you're like you know you're a phenomenal interviewer and you've interviewed pretty much everybody on the planet what interview tips would you give us young ones who are only like 12 episodes in what would what would what 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 do we need yes, to know? Give us some tips to succeed. Uh, so the best thing that I learned, first of all, I paid attention to uh, Howard Stern, uh, David Letterman, and Dan Patrick, who I think is actually a really good interview interviewer. They're all different, but the most important thing, you know, f- prepare right. Like, don't get caught up because the preparation helps you, and it helps. It also helps them, but it helps you. You don't need to memorize it, but when you feel secure that you're not going to get blindsided, that you're not afraid to figure out how to pronounce somebody's name or what movies they did or who directed those movies. It just gives you confidence. It gives you confidence to then be funny because you're not scared. So the preparation, it's not so much that you need to recall what you prepared. It's fine if you can't remember something. But when I realized that if I prepped and I felt confident, then when I couldn't think of something, I didn't have to pretend. I could say, you know, when you were doing... Oh, for crying out loud, the, the Hitchcock movie with Cary Grant and Ingrid Bergman, they come down the stairs, you know, you know, and then the person go notorious. I go, right, notorious. Whereas if I weren't prepared, I'd be terrified of that moment. So it's really just doing your homework, like really do your homework so, so that yeah, you- two things. Okay. Two things real quick. So yes, do your homework because it lets you be funny and spontaneous, which you might be afraid to do. And then secondly, this is obvious, uh, but it's really hard to do. It took me a long time. 
Don't worry about your questions. Think about what you want to ask, but then just listen. If you're really listening, you will uh, ask something different. And frequently the best questions are, really? Because then, the then the person will just go on. Or, huh, and I didn't know that. Really? Like, those three things, that, get, that just gets right. people talking. And they like it when people are interested in what they had to say. And if you avoid the cliches of in an interview, and don't fake laugh and don't, right. you know. Right. These little things, I learned all that stuff from being on local TV. And it, I'd see myself fake laugh if I recorded a, a sh- and I'd cringe. I'd be like, you knew it was a fake laugh. You're like, oh, that's the time that I pretended super hard. Right. You could, you know, you're an anchor, you're an anchor, and the weather person says, you know, you'd say to Sherry, you'd be like, uh, you know, our, our weather person, you know, uh, I'd be like, Sherry, what's our Sunday looking like? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, why that's am I a laughing? Fake laugh. That that's was not, not that's a no, fake laugh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's it's not even a joke. That, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. That's well, that, no, no. Right, my laugh is like now you know because it's so absurd, you know. Okay, Sherry, great stuff. Thanks for thanks for the good weather today. <laughs> oh my god, come on, yeah. this, is great. this is good. Honestly, Ben, that is really good advice because number one, I need to shut up a lot. You could see that, so I'm going to get better at that. But two, I do like the preparation because I I feel like in the twelve episodes we've done. When we're prepared, babe, we we are really like on point. But to be honest, though, Ben, we, sometimes I'm interviewing, you know, like people on Vanderpump Rules, which you probably don't even know. That is easy. <laughs> when I look at a resume like yours, I'm like, hey, what's my name again? <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel so that prepare, right. I, I feel like, like ben, I feel like I'm talking to a colleague versus having no clue when we bring on the Vanderbilt people. And I'm like, who did you beat the shit out of last episode? I have no clue. So this has right, actually yeah. been really enjoyable, Ben, and and very appreciative. And I'm a huge fan of yours now. And we could go on for another hour, but uh, they're telling us we got to wrap it up, which, Ben, is there anything else I can say or or let people know where to find you besides the new podcast? Is there any other things sure. that we so should say? Definitely check out definitely check out the plot thickens. I'm still Peter Bogdanovich, wherever you get podcasts. Um we've had four episodes. We got I think the three three more. And you can uh, t- uh, on Twitter's really the only place I am, Ben Mank. Seven seven. Perfect. Thank you so much, Ben. I'm so appreciative. Your your story is epic. Plus, you gave us advice. I feel like I should be paying you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it was fun. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. right. Thank you, Ben. Bye bye, Ben. Hi, this is Kim. I love, love, love your podcast. And just to let Randall know, he does have fans because he is the number one guy. Thank you, my loves, to everyone who has already left us epic messages. And keep them coming because we love hearing from you guys. Call us anytime at 866-LALAPOD. That's 866-LALAPOD. Yes, thank you for listening. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.